Hello, Marina. That's Beth. Is that you, Beth? Hi, yes. Oh. Hi, you made it across the Atlantic. Did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I think a little change. <laughs> Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, many universes before this one, we saw some of you before in a previous study groups. And then... A lot has been happening in the meantime. And I I know I know just from looking at you from the stories that I've heard or the conversations I've had with you that so much has happened and but I only know this much. I only know such such a little bit. So I don't think it would be possible for us to start talking about anything without getting some some stories from you, something you're sharing. So somebody say something about what you've been doing and discovering in the last months, the last couple months since we last met. Okay. Can you just start telling us some stuff? We all learned about going into our organs and moving the feelings that are stuck in the organs into their resonant tissues and then staying with the sadness in the organs and bringing a disco ball of light into the organs. And we have a picture of it behind us. We have the disco ball behind us. And that disco ball and it radiates light out and an organ that feels lonely, forgotten, like it's it's by itself doing its own thing, comes into contact with other organs in the body and they they come into community and they use the sadness to connect to one another and yeah, come come back home to each other to the family that they are. So, well, yes. Well, thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> you have to send us pictures of your maps, okay? Yes, yeah. Okay, thank you. It seems like my camera just broke. She it's it's white when I turn it on, so I use a different one. <laughs> Sophia, go ahead. I I want to share one thing with you which I discovered. I 
I went through many things the last few months and a few days ago I'm in Italy I I started sleeping outside and it was the first time for me Sophia can you make put the microphone closer talk to the mic microphone that's the thing with the different camera the microphone is not good okay or closer to the computer Just keep talking. The microphone. Okay. Go. That's what. Okay. I'm just talking louder. I I slept outside. And and I made this discovery that I was basically awake and only slept like two or three hours. And I I can still move during the day. Like for some reason there's enough energy that I can I'm not exhausted. And it was an interesting experience for me to be so close with nature and notice how far away I've gone from being okay with out being outside. I was not okay. The first night I was absolutely not okay. I was freaking out with every sound. And I even got so far that after midnight, I put some earplugs in to to disconnect myself from the sound to be able to sleep, to be able to reduce the fear and sleep. And it got better the other night. And and I'm shocked at how far away a human being I am able to move from Gaia. I mean, this is where where human beings have slept for centuries outside, being okay. And all these senses, mm, my senses are not used to that anymore. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sophia. So I'm I'm on this tour um 28 days of holding like spending each day with a different man exchanging holdings and this is day what is it today i think it's day eight i don't even know i'm lost track of time and i can't even really say what it is but it's really healing to exchange every day with a different man holdings and be in the space with them and i can only recommend it to i assume for you women, it would be very similar than for me as a man just to do that. It's really, um, I don't know what the English word is for that, but it, it brings something to peace inside of me. Something is more peaceful. And it feels like with every day when I do this, it's sinking more in. So I'm on my way to Switzerland right now, to Schloss Klarisek, where I have the next man to meet. And next to it, it's really interesting to see how the men are living. Like everybody has a different place, a different style, a different story. And I found it really interesting to figure out what kind of stories the places where they live are telling about them, like what's going on in their life. I never saw that before so clearly as I did on this trip. And uh, the last man I was with, I think, Clinton, you're the only one who knows him. It's Jonathan Sprung. You remember him? He yeah, was the sure. guy who actually yeah. I came to possibility management 12 years ago through him. So 
I just visited him. So that was a really wonderful uh, reunion. He's the guy who so, brought coffee in his living room in Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so in short, I can only recommend do the holding 28 days. Um, it's really healing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Mikael. So I go with this uh, holding. Um, I have been experiencing like being with many women and like women are popping up. Like in the last two weeks, I have been with a bunch of uh, powerful women and we are together and we are holding each other and uh, going along with the process and being together and uh, I, I noticed the fear that we are creating something that we, we still don't know what it is and we are creating. Like Hita just uh, arrived here three hours ago and she started telling me about a project which I'm in and we still don't know what it is and we are Could you share about the project? Okay. A little bit. Just yes. to... So it's something about a village uh, at Lisbon that includes a school and uh, a whole um, neighborhood and uh, and uh, yes in the agroforestry and uh, yes we are there and and I listen many names that Alessandra Lopez and. Uh, Joana Cruz, and yes, I noticed that we are getting close to each other, and uh, so it's an amazing field. I thank you so much because each one of you somehow are part of this as well. So mm. thank you. Wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Wow. I'm I'm calling from the Magic Cow Bridge House and we're in this gap right now where Devin and Dalway just left to go to Austin and Dorotea will arrive this evening and the woman it, it will be it will be four women here after having it mixed and and it's like we've the wave of the wave of consequence of the women's lab is has has made it here and we've just gone onto it to have a a women exiting patriarchy week while the men are away mm -hmm. and and woven into that i just you know i have the story i've not been to the study group for months and months and months and and coming here, it's like it's like coming home to the faces and new faces, and there's there's so much woven in, and I'm in projects with so many of you, and I I love I love my life, I love what's become possible since I started coming to this study group back in March of 2020. Yeah, it's so cool to be with you all right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. <clears throat> I can relate to the story of giving and receiving holdings. 
and I, I want to share that yeah, since the woman lab my relating to to women became more and more authentic. And last week I met this woman for the first time and I just showed myself vulnerable to her and, and shared with her what's really going on in my relating in my life, in my connecting to other women. And she told me about how years ago she received a holding and we just like, she she was supposed to, to, to leave the island where I'm living again. And after she left, I had this idea, hold on before, before she leaves, I, I invite her to, to my space and for an holding exchange. And so, so I did, and I felt this fear, she will reject me. And she said, yes. And so we met on a Saturday night, just for one hour. And I declared the space as a sacred space for exchanging holdings. And I already gave holdings, but it was the first time that I also received one for 20 minutes. And it was deeply touching and moving for me. And I, I, I cried. I, I was with sadness. And after it, I felt this peace. And I said to her, wow, like that this is possible that you're sourcing this on a Saturday night. <laughs> Two women meet to to have a holding, to give each other a holding. And yeah, I'm glad that I can can bring this in the space and share with all of you mm-hmm. of my experience. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. This is the first time that I joined the study group, but, but I, I listened to many of your meetings. And in my last month, I, I discovered that the fear that I have is that about love. When I, when I, re- when I read like the, the sharings in the group, the, um, there's something in me that there, there was like some sentence that I start to hear from the first time that I was like, it's not possible. It's, that's not possible. All this love. And, and I want to, yeah, this, it, now it's more clear that this is also my doing things and to, to be, to be loved, to feel the love. But at the same time, love permeates my life too. And yeah, I'm here also to to connect with you and and study about this subject. Thank you, Marina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you. We can't hear you. I can't hear you. You hear me or no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone. Some people I uh, I saw very recently. Some people for how long? For okay, I'm very happy to see some people that I haven't seen for quite a long time now. I am in Portugal. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. I don't know what the question is. And I have to say that uh, what Melina Melo said, that all this love is not possible. 
while I was hearing it, I said, yes, of course it's possible. And it's already here. And the part of the work is to, one minute to leave that, to, to reveal the, the, the veils that they are in front of us that other people put or we put or it doesn't matter how they have created. And that's that's the job. And yeah, I'm coming from the Feelings Partitioner Core Lab, uh, like some other people also in that space right now. And yes, and um, I feel feel very happy that... uh, Somehow I did the work to be able to be here around you, not around you, with you. And after three and a half years of such, so much work and suffering and beating myself up and blah, 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 blah. Now I decided to stop beating myself up and to Yay. say to other women. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, David. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also to other women, like I stand to say to the other woman to stop beating themselves up. Yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, because beating us up, so doesn't need us to do it to ourselves. So yes, da. I take a stand for that. <laughs> So yes. I I'm walking so I will be off camera but I will listen to you to my ears. Much love to all of you. Yeah. Thank you, Dimitra. See you. <laughs> Just I can go next. Just in the gap, I just want to say that Just Stop was the first website I started to make out of the 650 websites we have now. The first one was Just Stop, but nobody got it. <laughs> nobody got it. So I had to write 650 <laughs> comes. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> stop it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does that website still exist, Clinton? No. No. (laughs) Go ahead, Mark. I've been experimenting with how I beat myself up, how I prevent people from being close to me. And one of my discoveries is it has to do with space. So I've started. It's not done. But it looks a little different than the last time you saw it, yes? Totally. And if I clutter it, then I don't have space. So there's not anything new going to come in. So it's there's a little something there. Um, And right now I'm experimenting and exploring what I'm going to do in January with the possibilities. So I need to clear space for that possibility. Oh, thank you. I'm also I'm also interacting with a dance community and that gives me lots of experimentation of connecting with people in a non-romantic, non-sexual way 
in an environment that actually creates that energy naturally. So lots of experiments there. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I feel fear to share, but I love to share this with you because I come out also out, out of the feeling practitioner caller and I crossed the walls. So now I can lean back and con contact, be in contact with you. I was in between the walls and I really was in between. And so I went out and I'm out and now I'm here with you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> what is your name? Judith. 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 Thank you. So not everybody has to say anything. I just wanted to hear from whoever needed to say something. So I think there's one or two more people. Well, I will talk. <laughs> I came all the way across the country yesterday, got here last night to visit Ingrid. And it was really about love. And, and what I've been noticing I, um, in these last months is that I, I have a lot of access to sadness and, and the love has kind of shut downs a little bit. And, but it's, it's more about fear. And so, um, one of the things that, that I'm starting to do is work with, with Nicole around the lone wolf, the whole lone wolf um, idea that I am. And so I'm just noticing how much of a lone wolf I am and how that affects my life. And, and actually on the morning that I woke up, I had to wake up at two, I don't know, one thirty-two in the morning to get here. And, um, and I had all this fear in me, you know, around this whole not, not knowing this whole unknowing. We've never met in person and we have been meeting together quite a bit online, um, along with Nicole. And, um, and actually this whole three years we've been meeting in smaller groups. But the interesting piece is I get to the airport in Denver, which was my first stop, and I had a I had a few hours there and I'm just walking around and there's this bookstore and I just look in it and one book pops out at me and it's this book. You have to raise it, raise it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it says hello fear. <laughs> and then at the top, it says crush your comfort zone and become who you're meant to be. Yay. <laughs> I looked through it a little bit and it was like wow who is this woman <laughs> and, uh, and I had to buy it so, so in this time that we're together I thought I would just we would look at it a little bit and and uh yeah 
along with other a million other things that we had planned to do together. Thank you. Thank you, Yeah. Thank you. You guys are in Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal. Yeah. But we're way out in the country. It's beautiful here. It's just gorgeous. We're on a river. Wow. <laughs> it's quite beautiful. Yeah. And and Denny's and Ingrid made, well, I guess you made a beautiful dinner last night. And it was really nice to meet Ingrid's husband, Denny. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I about, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to share that I'm in Bad Belzig near Zeg, where I first heard about the book, like this, um, it's Wahre Liebe im Alltag in German. And I lived in Zeg community for three years and it's touching to be, to be on, on that ground again, where I have been researching love with so many people. And when I got back, like we're not staying inside Zeg, but when I got back here, I thought, well, Actually, I, I still, I have community, even though I'm not living in an eco village, but I have, I have this incredible community here. And I'm really grateful for that. Like this whole network, this web for processes, for kicking each other's asses, for creating projects together and for being on this path. And yeah, I'm really grateful to be here now. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Esther. Abed, you there? <clears throat> yes. Speaking about fear, I, I was listening to to Phyllis. I'm um, experimenting still with this noticing what I notice and what I don't notice and thing. And what I notice is that, yeah, how I'm mixing fear and anger and what I create with that for myself and what's new about it is that I'm not beating myself up but just noticing it oh and <laughs> this, is, this is so cool because what I'm doing is I I notice what I'm afraid and I notice when I'm angry I'm noticing when I'm mixing it and checking like do I want to be here and then when I notice I don't want to be here I really sensed into this fear what makes me not want to be here. And then I do it. I do exactly what I'm afraid about. And this is so cool. This is so cool because it's, yeah, it's a totally different experience of fear. And yeah, I really recommend that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Is that it? Well, can we hear from you? Who <laughs> is plural in this case? Yeah, you is plural. You, there's three of you there. Right. Any one of you, really. You have to start. Start. It's kind of felt like a high-speed transformation jungle gym obstacle course in the last <laughs> few months. Uh, 
and I'm I've been faced into a whole new uh, context or mode with regards to holding and navigating transformational space, and it has to do with uh, integration. What is it? Synthesis. Synthesis. It has to do with synthesizing. Synthesizing. Holding the space of synthesis, which can only occur because it's synthesis. The kind of thing we're talking about is the synthesis of opposites or enemies or people who are warring against each other and holding a space for the intense amount of chaos that an alchemical process can occur. It's like you assuming that hatred and rejection and fear and inferiority and superiority and just vengeance and resentment and all these things are alchemical elements of that can be synthesized into a whole new plateau of being and being with. And it's it's about and it involves chaos because because chaos is part of the factor that disassembles the ingredients to the degree that they can synthesize together into new forms. So this is where this is where I am right now. And I'm trying to like bring like bring that into a website. <laughs> and, and to start conversations with people about it, especially people who are holding Rage Club or Fear Club or giving work talks. You know, doing EHPs or trainings. It's ET. Yeah. It's like this is, these are key elements, I think, to where we need to go or where we are going. We're being forced to go. There's so many wars and stuff going on around. And where are the possibilitators? You know, where it's, and sooner, you know, lately I've been getting hints that we're being called by these forces to show up and deal with it. You know, de- deal with it. And so, I mean, I was just re- talking to Michael Portner here because of a, a community that's asking for exactly that force. And I'm, it's in Germany. And so I'm not there. And I'm talking with Michael Portner. And, he, you know, he said, yes, he's going to go in and be the agent of synthesis of people who hate each other and are warring against each other and have all these assumptions and expectations and conclusions and resentments and unfulfilled, you know, projections and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, it's like, it's like going in and going, yes, it's like going into a pharmacy full of alchemical ingredients and going, everything here is what we need. We need all of it. We're going to take, give me everything off the shelf and mix it all together at once. You know, what is it going to do? We don't know, but we do know that it's better than what it is right now. And so we're just going to go in there and just stir the pot with these giant sticks, you know, and bring bring things together and have people talking and sharing and feeling and showing up with each other in whole new ways. So I'm really glad that you're open to listening about this so that you can carry on. And please report back what you discover about synthesis, okay? And chaos, the way of using chaos for synthesizing opposing elements. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Sonia. <clears throat> I I've came out of <clears throat> one week being sick since I arrived here, here at, in Bali. <clears throat> you have to say details like that. And it has been the the tip point of this journey that I've been on since Poland. Actually, since I decided to become a nomad since February. And I'm I'm getting in touch more and more with what's real for me and what's underneath the layers of adapting and constricting myself when I'm around people because <clears throat> my main survival strategy is being a lone wolf. And and when I'm around people, I just freaked out. And I'm sharing a space now with Clinton and Aunt Chloe, and it's helping a lot <laughs> to deal with the lone wolf strategy. And <clears throat> I, I'm really getting the the hint that for me it's connecting with my physical body and when i connect with my physical body i come back to reality and i move from there and from there i connect to the other bodies and and i and i start moving and yeah this is this is this is it it's not yeah this is it Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, son. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> I think it it was Ingrid. my Ingrid wants to talk. Oh, go. Phyllis, can would you read? Is it will you read it? Yeah. Transformers. I am writing an article about it. Yeah. Uh, of what? She says, I call the synthesis happening for myself, Tras Transformeris. I am writing an article about it. Yay. Okay. Wow. Oh. Wow. Uh, uh, I can't <laughs> wait to read it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. It was my idea to read this article as part of the study group because I realized after the women's lab, not having a conversation about beyond repair, this whole archetypal love domain is a fantasy world. It's like something out there that it's we can barely talk about and and maybe even less experiment. And and one of I mean one of the evidences that as we were moving into archetypal love, there was less and less people showing up to the study group. It's really, I mean, incredible. We had, often we had 30 people in the ordinary part, like 30, 35 people. Everybody wants to know about ordinary love. It's like incredible. And we move into extraordinary, okay, people hanging around. We move into archetypal, and things collapse because it's so, <clears throat> how does it really go? And the, this article beyond repair came out of the really the liquid state of being in Poland, the liquid state of being in Mallorca. It was born in Mallorca. And, and I think it's like a, for me of a more personal sharing is I, 
the what happened in Poland, having 60 people over three weeks and then 25 people for the last week gave me so much ground, like so much reality of being this works. This works. This works. And so I have permission and we have permission to be more radical about it, to be more true about it, to, to take it by the, the, the bull's horn and, and not dilute it because the dilution will, will kill it. Like the dilution will not create the community that we have. And I think it's been really our, our radicalness and our like being on each other's side that make made it for me at least so grounded. And so I I can move on to the next thing, something like that. I can move on to the next thing. And I think I said that in the trainings at the end of the trainings in Poland, for me, it was an immense reward of a lot of work that we've done as a community for the past five or six years that we could come in such big numbers and you know, I remember last year in Poland, the, one of the things I remember was this whole conversation about the bathroom. Like there was too many people and not enough bathrooms. And it was always this complaining about the bathrooms. And and this year, there was not one complaint about the bathroom. People did not care about the bathrooms. It was all about, <laughs> what are we here? Like, what are we here for? Like, and, and forget about the rest. You know, the survival part was so irrelevant. Can I say one just yeah. thing? Because yeah. I just want to say what you said, which is, mm, it's if you try to repair something, you bring it back to the condition that it was before it broke. And so, the what what we're talking about, or what and Chloe's talking about, or bringing out in the whole space of the article or the work, is that it's not about repairing anymore. It's not about going back to something that's quote unquote healthy, quote unquote acceptable, quote unquote known, quote unquote, you know, recognizable. What it's going, it's casting away the consideration of repairing, casting it away and venturing into the territory that the brokenness seems like. It seems like it's, broken or it seems like it's raw or it seems like it's not flowing and going into that as as new territory as a new foundation rather than trying to erase it or make it go away i mean i'm sure like for me anyway when i first started to feel actually angry because when i first started to feel angry when i first started to do feelings work i could not feel angry i would just cry and i i would just it came out as this and I finally, this group of guys grabbed me by an standing rage hold and it said, it's time for you to be angry. And I, I just could only cry. And they say, okay, then we're just going to do sadness work for you. And I said, fuck you assholes. I'm angry. And this broke the, the, the whole tr- sadness thing for me. And then, but then I could be angry and I felt so broken. I was really broken in this new territory because it's like I was angry at everything all the time and I thought I was broken. And so trying to put it back the old way would put the nice boy face on, you know, the polite, good guy, 
show on. And so this whole thing about beyond repair is the willingness to enter this unknown, broken, you know, does not understand, does not fit together, does not compute territory. And starting to plant my feet there or our feet, you know, each of us and, and function there and explore the new elements, not assuming that they're broken. We're going to put them back the, the good way that this is actually the new normal, the new, the new possibility domain is things fucking erupt. You know, things blow out sideways, you know, intuitions come, possibilities come, meetings come, coincidences come, doors open, you know, flow happens. And it's, this is broken. You know, the old way is understandable and controllable. You know, it's manageable. And this new way is not. And so it's really a, a domain of, of willingness to, to be in this radicalized condition that is startling and like, and, and, and go with it rather than trying to compact it back or patch the, you know, the juice is leaking out. Let the juices leak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I would start because I have I have legends and I, I know I have legends from the women's lab. I have women from the Archiarchy Maker Fair and there were also many people present at both these trainings. And I think they will come out in the article as, for me, like lived in real experience of like where I'm standing on, like the edge I'm standing on from the reality of both these trainings is archaearchy first needs to be sourced from the women. Archaearchy needs to be sourced from the women. Because something that I was, today Julia Neumann did an interview with me and I, it was great, it's about legends, but I also discovered some things is that I had this impression that the, the the contrast between patriarchy and archaearchy was kind of blurry. And it was like as if patriarchy and archaearchy were like this. You know, there's matriarchy, patriarchy, archaearchy. And and then there was always be this question also that I would hear from from women and men being, you know, am I in is what I'm doing, is it patriarchal or is it archaearchal? Like not having this clarity. Like am I taking a stand or am I controlling? Am I um Am I reacting or am I using my sword? You know, am I doing bullshit or am I, am I actually committing you taking a stand for my dignity? Like all these questions of the, the font, the, the line is so fine as if these culture were actually touching and that the line was blurry. And my experience in the women's lab is those cultures are not touching at all. There's a grand canyon between patriarchy and archaearchy. When I move in archaearchy sourced, you know, in this case, it was 27 women sourcing archaearchy. There's no doubt, no doubt about the the stand, the commitment, the sword, the boundary, the negotiation, the, it's like, there's no doubt that any of that is patriarchal because the, the, the gap is so big and that when you source archaearchy, you source archaearchy. And then if you have one foot in patriarchy, it's all patriarchy. You have one foot in archaearchy, it's all patriarchy. And I think my confusion, this is a, is my confusion before was that 
there was this idea that archaearchy at this point in time was sourced was by both men and women. And that would and that makes it confusing because because in my experience, men as of now are not able to source archaearchy, actually. They're in a different journey. It's a different journey than sourcing archaearchy. Whereas my experience is that you take off the layers of survival and woman and archaearchy breathe. And archaearchy is there. It's it's a natural part of like in our cell, like in our seed, we have the design for archaearchy. And what happened in the women's lab was we created a culture where the survival mechanism were not needed anymore. It was just irrelevant. They just didn't, they could shed off so easily and elegantly because it was like, it, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous to use even patriarchal patterns among ourselves. Like it wasn't even really showing up. And, and from there, it was the, the picture I got is women who live in archaearchy at Technicolor. Like they are alive. It is loud. It is juicy. It is like wild. It is, it has, and it it is chaotic. And I, I think this goes back to the synthesis of the only way we could be with each other in that culture was total chaos ongoingly. And somebody had to just be like, who's making meals? Something like that. And we had one space holder for meals. And then whoever showed up made the meals. One space holder for, you know, cleanup. And, but it, it was, so the, the chaos has, I think this, a key to to, re, to enter what archaearchy really is, basically sourced by women, but the culture is both for men and women. So it's not a woman's culture. It is not a woman's culture. It is archaearchy sourced by women as as of now. And and I think there's a there's a there's a road to get to the creative collaboration between the archetypally initiated feminine and the archetypally initiated masculine. You're saying this over and over. Yes. As of now, men are not sourcing archaearchy. It's a, it's a different, they're in a different place and a different path. And I think that path also needs to be hacked. There's a machete. The jungle needs to be hacked. You have no sound, Dimitra. About now? Yes. Okay. I want to say that chaos is like to get what chaos is needs to be experienced. I don't know if I use the right uh, form of the English word. Like chaos to get it needs to be experienced inside of you, not from your mind. And I think my story is that men try to get it. And and woman knows. Women experience every day somehow. I'm hungry somehow. So I'm gonna slow down. And yeah, yeah, this is what I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. And I feel angry about that, uh, Anne Chloe. I, I've been experiencing that quite a bit, and it 
Can you say the it, Phyllis? It's hopeless. What? Can you say what the it is? Yeah. Yeah, that men are in the patriarchy and they're not willing to get out of it. That they're not willing to grow up. And... You know, so yes, I have fear, but I have so much anger these, you know, these last number of months. And it makes me sad, too. And I, I, I don't see the way out. Um, Yeah, I don't see the way out. There's a couple of things. I mean, I think there's a lot of things. One was, is about raging. It's really about raging and raging together. And I think it has to be together, the together part, like physically together. To rage with men. No, to rage among women together about what we hate. Like to get real instead of having it come sideways as complaining or giving up or or even worse as like doubting ourselves or, you know, or, you know, turning the anger towards ourself being like, we're, I'm crazy or I'm just too much or I don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, all these survival strategies to suppress this utter rage, like this outrage that we have about what's going on and like what's been created. And so like Julian Norman is going to a women's bridge house tomorrow in the South Island of New Zealand. And I said, you know, if you want to start real, First day on, you all rage together until, and you have this line, you draw this line on the ground, and that's the line of the patriarchy. And, and, and you still, like, you start being in the patriarchy, and you let this rage come about what you've done to yourself, what you've done to others, what's been done to you, like, all this thing that you just absolutely hate, and, you know, and let it be this chaos until you you cross the line. You cross the line and you say, I never go back. Never. It is over. You know, I will, I, I cannot lose my dignity anymore. I cannot lose my integrity anymore. I, I will not. And, and, and to do that with other women so we can, we coach each other, we see each other. Okay, now you're trying to pressure yourself. That's the patriarchy. That's not the clarity. Now you're trying to do it perfect. Okay, that's the patriarchy. That's not our key. Now you're, you're, trying, you're waiting. You're waiting for other women to give you permission. That's the patriarchy. And to be just so angry, not at ourselves, but to be so angry that, that we have permitted this. We have permitted to pressure ourselves, manipulate ourselves, belittle ourselves, humiliate ourselves, like, uh, you know, control ourselves, try to you know, pretend that we're crazy. Or, you know, and, 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 it, and it's this, it's like Dimitra said, it's just clarity. The crossing of the line is just this clarity. And, and there's other, like you said, there's other feeling, you know, there's yes, there's fear. And, and there's a lot of grief. There's immense amount of grief. But the grief, it, for, in my experience, will not make you cross the line. The grief happens on the other side of the line. Because the, the grief, the sadness on the patriarchal side is a victim sadness. It's like, I can't, it's too, like, why, you know, I'm hopeless, I'm powerless. 
Because all this, the sadness on the patriarchy side is uh, one that kills the volcano. And you cross the line, let, let the volcano, like Clinton was saying, let the juices come out. And, and what I discovered as an experience is that something happens on the other side of that line that is unpredictable, that is un, unknowable, that is cannot, cannot happen in the patriarchy. It just cannot. And, and so that's, that's one of the ways out. That's one of the ways out is, is to say it's over. It is over. Never again. That's a declaration. Yes. And how does that affect men? Well, I don't know. Because women are elevating themselves. Women are doing this. They're crossing that line and men are not. Yes. And you can interact with a man with your sword and your anger. And a lot of them are still men, men boy, you know, yeah. boys. Look, Phil, what we discovered, and that came from a man. When a woman starting saying, I'm here. I'm going to relate to you here. I've been relating to you here. You get it? I've been dimming myself, try to meet your needs, try to, you know, how are you doing? Get get your swamp, whatever the thing is. And, and, and this is a real example. She said, I'm doing here. The guy said, I, I can't. I, you know, I, I can't. I just, and he went away. But he started, like, thinking about this and said, men are committed to mediocrity. This is the commitment of the patriarchy, meaning they will give only, they will do the work, whatever. They will give only what they need to have a warm bed. So if you say, well, to have a warm bed, you know, to have sex, to have a home cooked meal, to have, you know, a dinner, whatever. Well, you only need to be here. God, the man is going to be, yes, I'm just going to meet you here. No problem. You know, and if the woman says, forget it. I'm here. You know, that now that's the bar. There's a chance. And, and in a few examples, in a few weeks, I have two examples of both women saying, something's happening. Some, I mean, you know, and no expectation, no hooks, you know, no, oh, he's trying, you know, he's here. Let me lower the bar. Forget it. Keep the bar exactly where it is. And you say, if you want to talk to me, it will be here. If you want to make an offer for intimacy, it's going to be here. And anything else, the conversation is over. So we were practicing that in the, in the women's lab is this conversation is over. Mm, you know, I don't know. I don't have prognosis. You know, is it, is it going to take a few weeks? Is it going to take a few years? Is it going to take decades? Is it going to be never in terms of our lifetime? I have no prognosis. But I think your your assessment of current reality is pretty accurate. Of, and I think, you know, in a way, it's because women have not been demanding. We have not placed the bar high enough to say it is here or nothing. In the And... You know, and the thing that's hard or whatever that is um, hard for women is is that we then there's all these sentences that show up. 
I'm going to be alone. Like, or, um, you know, where do I get to relax? Or I don't, like, well, I'm not perfect. Like, how can I demand this when I, you know, have still work to do? Like, who am I? Who am I to make that kind of demand? And that's the part of the arrogance of, of it doesn't matter because I'm doing the work, you know, and it's not really because I'm doing the work. It's because it is here. It is here. If we want, if we want to relate, if we want a future, if we want something to be real, like if we want something real, it's going to be here and I'm standing for it. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm standing for it. And that takes a particular kind of arrogance. And then it really this, the, I think the work for women at this point is to get okay with that kind of arrogance and being, you know, there's so much fear, so much fear about doubting ourselves about, am I crazy? Am I, am I too demanding? Is it really coming from my being, you know, is it really coming from my stand? And that's, you know, and that's when I think we need each other to get this reality check in and, I have had a few women just call me up and say, you know, is it it? You know, is it real? Like, am I crazy? Am I, and I, and I, and I keep telling them, this is it. This is your stand. And then they, they can, you know, it's like, um, re reorienting your compass of reality. Like our compass of reality is so off. Like it's been so off to try to, speak in or live in a world of men like we've lived it okay so it will take a while for our compass to get back in alignment with you know the seed like the cells i think we're ready for this we really but for me a key was this the commitment to mediocrity from men and i was like that's it this is where we've let we've let it down like as women is like that's where we got hooked is that, I mean, one woman, she said it, it was so beautiful. She said it in the women's life. She said, I thought meeting men where they were, that was love and intimacy. That was, that was it. That the only love and intimacy that exists was meeting men where they were, being understanding. And then she was here and a woman, you know, 27 woman. And, and she was like, oh my God, oh my God, I've been fooled. Like I, this is crazy. Like, this is love. This is the everything. This is the aliveness. And it's, and it, it just, ex- she was experiencing herself so, you know, radical and, and alive and, and like talking to other women and asking for dangerous conversation. And she said, why can't I be that with men? Like, why, why do I imagine that that is love? Like, how did I get my compass so off about what love is? And, and so I think that's the, for me, it's, that was, okay, this is the kind of woman's work I want to do. Like to have this new X on the map about what love is and what aliveness is and say, I'm never going back. This is, this is it. You know, this is, and it, and it came, you know, it comes in from inside. It's like, this is me. I am never going back. I cannot sacrifice this anymore. You know, and, and I think I wrote that in the newsletter. It's like, and for what? And and I think that was really this question of what am I sacrificing all this aliveness for? And and this shift of like, what if men's attention was not the best thing? 
that ever happened to us? What if? What if there's something better than men's attention? And and I think that's where, for me, it's like what that's what I got. I'm like, okay, there's something better, and it's not worth sacrificing the source, you know, or my love, or what's possible, and my everythingness, and the connection that I can have with other women. For something that I thought, you know, it was like, that's what I was taught to chase. I was taught to chase men's attention and men's approval and men's permission. And I just got, you know, my compass, like something else is, is waiting better than that. This, <clears throat> this lab really gave me a sense of why it's so important for patriarchy for women to not to to fight each other to compete with each other because what i experienced was that when women started crossing the line of patriarchy and shit started being put on the table and we started raging together this tightness this this tightness and this collaboration started showing up mm-hmm. with with all of the women and it was so intimate and so cozy, but cozy not in a way of, oh, this is comfortable. I don't have, I'm not looking at my things or, 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 or the underworld. It, it was just natural for women to have each other backs, each other's backs. And, and it went on after the lab. To the point that when men started arriving, they were getting really reactive because women were not giving their attention to them. And this is the trade coin in patriarchy. It's having women's attention directed to men and then having men placing their attention in women. And it is really subtle the way it happens. And I would not figure this out if I had not been with 25, 26 other women in this tightness, intimate, raging, crying, alive, chaotic space. And then had this experience of having men coming over after the lab. And this was really precious to discover this. And what I want to to bring is that do not do it alone. Look for the women where they are, get together, rage together, and and put the shit on the table because there's a lot of shit going on in women's underworld. But that's also a point of connection. It's not a point of... I'm discovering it's not a point of going further away from each other. So being with other women is a way to step into archiarchy. Antonia, thank you. Thank you. I have a question to you for you. You started with saying you got why in patriarchy it is so uh wanted that women are in 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 uh, concurrence what's the word yeah, competition. competition 
competition with each other. Can you say a little more about that? Yes, it's um, women are naturally creators, creatresses. And when they stop, when when they shift out of the underworld and the competition and they start facing each other and moving together, there's this creative force coming on. And, and it's really about moving mountains. Like the, the thing is, what, what the hell is even a mountain? It's, it's really, and it's really natural for women to be together and to start sourcing new things, things that don't yet exist in, in the physical world, in the physical plane. They just start picking it up from the air and it starts pouring. And then another woman comes and says, Oh, I'm going to do that. Who's on my team? And, and another one goes and you will need this. And, and it's, it just fits together in, in the midst, midst of the chaos. <clears throat> and, and at some point, can I, can I, I just want to say, yes, it's, it's in the patriarchy. If men, if women have their attention towards men, then they don't have their attention towards each other. It's like all sucked by men and not towards, and that's where the the competition is. Like we all attention to men, and, and the only way to relate is competing. And there's there's a a natural love that comes up. So when the competition is is dealt with, there's this, I I oh, I like being with you. I like being around you or, or being in your presence or in the kitchen or you're going to the bathroom and and then you come out, someone comes out and let's create this. Let's do this together. Coming out from the bathroom, like it's 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 not a meeting. There's no planned meeting. There's no agenda. It, there's just chaos and then poof, comes together. And so... If women come together, things change. That's why it's important for women in patriarchy to keep on fighting because things will keep the same. And it was just one lab with 27 women. And and Phyllis, no, not Phyllis, Nicole entered here saying the legends reached the magical bridge house and now something is going to happen. So now imagine if like 10 labs happen all over the world. And after each lab, there's a women's bridge house and then men come after the bridge house. What will happen then? It's going to change. There's, there's, it's just natural. I got carried away. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sonia. <laughs> so where are you starting your women's bridge house, Sonia? I'm checking where the next women's lab will be. And I'll be in conversation with Anne Chloe and Vera about that. Because I want it to be after the lab. Yeah, it's going to be in Brazil. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, it will be yes. in Brazil. And, yeah. and, and Lisa... I, I just wanted to add... 
I just want to say one thing, Habet, and Lisa Omer is creating a circle of women in Germany uh, leading to a women's lab. So if you're interested, Lisa is the central person. Go ahead, Habet. I didn't, I don't know if I heard everything what Sonia said. I just wanted to say something about competition. What came to me is because what you said, and Chloe, um, get, getting men's at- attention. Yeah, that's the one thing. And the other more subtle thing is also men don't like chaos. And then we compete in making order, right? It's like, oh, I can make order. No, I can make, I make order to make you feel comfortable. And then we tell ourselves that we can't handle chaos. Like it's, that's how I see it. Is this, we take on the man's problem and then trying to make order so that we can also, oh, I can, like, I can speak for myself. I can fool myself about, oh, but I'm just making order, right? Like it's this, um, it doesn't look like competition. It's not this obvious competition of running for some goal or whatever, but it's this, oh, I know how to make order and I will make order for all of us, right? So, but in fact, it's just projecting this fear that isn't, or taking in this fear that isn't ours. That's what I noticed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel angry right now because there are men in this space and they don't say anything. Like there, there was this moment when you shared and Chloe. Sophia, yeah. it would be yeah. really stupid right now for any man to interrupt this by saying anything. And I would stop them immediately. Okay. This is gold. There's nothing for a man to say in this space. Nothing. Thank you. I'm with a question coming out of the feelings practitioner lab. And I spent a lot of time. I'd like to say something before that. I don't want the subject to change to the feelings practitioner lab just yet. There was a thing that happened in the women's lab where the women wanted to hear from the men after they'd been in a day or so in the women's lab. In the Archiarchy Maker Fair. In the Archiarchy Maker's Fair, there were men, and the women wanted to hear from the men how it was for them to be with these women who were in Archiarchy, and the men were not. And so we went around in a circle. There were five men or something, and each of the men spoke, and every single one of them said some version of, I'm scared. I feel abandoned. I feel nobody. I feel neglected. I don't fit. I'm. I'm. Don't else? know how it goes. I don't know how this goes. I'm afraid you're going to hurt me or kill me or abandon me. Every single one of the men said that. When it got to be my turn to speak, I could only cry because of the glorious experience of being in a space where the women were glowing and shining and raging together and radiant and powerful. And it was, it was perfect. 
It was, I wanted to bow down and get on my knees and just say, thank you for taking over, you know, and creating archiarchy. So the earth has archiarchy because the man cannot do it. Thank you. Thank you, Clint. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. I feel angry and sad. Because Do you hear me? Hello? Do you hear me? Dimitra, hold on. Okay. Jacqueline, go ahead. Yeah, I feel angry and sad because I wasn't going to change the subject. It was something that I'm with from the experience that I just had, which was about connecting with my sadness. And in what we explored in the women's lab and like going through this map and these steps, I I feel like, yeah, like I, I where is the sadness in this? Like, where is the connection? And yeah, and I, I feel this fear of like just only being angry and only just, you know, taking a stand and, and just having no even with the chaos, like when I think of chaos, I think of speed and fastness and sadness being this slowness and and really like how to navigate into the now in the chaos and not just go move towards making order out of it and trying to control it. And I'm just with this question of like, what is the role of, of sadness in, in this? Like, where does it come in between... The, the answer for women feels so, somehow more clear for me, but between men and women, like, is there, is there none? Like, is, what is the role of sadness? What do you want to connect to? There is no men. Yeah, I get, I get that. And Jacqueline, there's something that is about relying on your sisters to navigate that instead of suppressing it. I had this beautiful experience with Alice that it's going from this path of taking a stand for creating what you want in a relationship with a man. And, and she just acts like, I, I need a listening space. And it was a space to just meltdown and in, in that sadness and, and it was a declared space with a starting with a ending and 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 she could just go there and so a proposal I have to you is how you can create spaces to 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 hold space to your sadness and Gabriela and you could Gabriela you could ask Jacqueline even now to create it for herself you know to ask who who would, who would hold space? Yeah, yeah. So r right now, like, will you do you want to ask for that team here? Who will hold space for you to to you go to your sadness after that space? So, Gabriella, you and I are co-holding space later today. Or we have thirty minutes break before our space. Yes, I was going to propose that this can I can bring this into this space. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
I accept. We start with it. Yeah. Spaces for women who are holding space for ARC and related. And we formed this group out of, from the women's lab. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I I want to share oh Dimitra you were saying yes it's, um Melina is about what did just happen what you want to share about uh between Jacqueline and uh, Gabriela or something else go ahead just go ahead yeah I I want to to share that the the sharings. Like uh, um, I remember that um, uh, Sonia wrote about the experience in the women's lab. I wasn't in was women's lab, but these sharings, when when women speaking about this, and becomes like um, I can notice because it's so much. Uh, it was so much hidden in my system, like this this game, this subtle thing that was um, saying uh, uh, describing Sonia when she when she put in words that. And now you are bringing all these discoveries here from, from the, the lab. I can see, I can see it's like, it's clear. And so the more you, you bring this and I can also see and, and I have this net or to, to, for example, to create with other women, the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I want you to say that, like, keep saying, keep, keep sharing, keep, putting words, writing down, and this is really important. So we can see. It's like really like a writing and put it in a movie. Like, okay, this is the real, this is archaearchy. This is the real thing. This is, or I, I don't know how, how to say that, but it's like to really sh show what is going on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Clinton, I want to ask you something. Go ahead. Why did you yell to, to Sophia? What's your real question? My real question is, why did you choose to yell to her instead of be compassionate with her, with what she said, and, I don't know, navigate it to see what, I guess, with yelling see? I have complete compassion for what she said. Mm -hmm. I was delivering a communication that goes right along with what Aunt Chloe said, which is men do not source archaearchy. This space is so rare in the world. It has never existed, essentially, for 200,000 years. Human beings have not achieved the clarity and possibility of the conversation we're having tonight when the women speak in archaearchy. So to make it fair for the men to share, there's nothing for a man to share. And I wanted to land that firmly and solidly forever in that space. Do you have any questions about that? About that, no. I totally agree about that. Okay. I would Thank also, you. I would say it differently is that this is 
having this conversation is shaking. I think it's really shaking, and it and it and it it's shaking the edges of what is appropriate. Like, what's can I really say that as a woman? Like, can I really in public in a recording that will go on YouTube? Like, can I? Am I allowed? And 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 then it triggers all this, uh, you know, like fears in a way. It triggers all these fears of what, what, what do the men think about this, and, and wanting to hear about them, you know. And it's like, and that would be it's it's like this old pattern, this old pattern of what do they think, what do they feel, what or this fairness like Clinton was talking about and, and it's to face that in in also in ourselves as women of what are these subtle or not so subtle triggers that that keeps us in the patriarchy that makes us okay we go back to okay okay they spoke now you know they won't you know I mean it's to the degree of we go home I won't get a beating you know, some of us have that memory inside of ourselves. If I speak up in public, I will get a beating when I get home. And so we have this immediate, okay, let's make it, we have to make it okay. We have to make it okay. For the men. For the men. And so I think one of the ways where also Clinton was creating is to cut through that and and to and for like us as women being what is that thing? Like in each of us is different. The fear, the reaction, the, the, the try to round it out, trying to make it not so sharp and, and, and write it down, you know, as an emotional healing process to go and to go through that, that those fears. Ancient fear. Mm-hmm. I, this is sort of a side story, but I, I watched this movie called Argentina 1985 on the plane coming here to Bali, which is about what happened in Argentina in under the dictatorship, which is about uh, disappearances and and slavery camps and uh, just people off the street, just like disappeared off the street. People never heard of them again. Millions of people, men, women, children. And the story was, you know, it was it was a trial about it. it. It's a great movie. It's some parts are really graphic. The space holders for that are only men. It is only military men who are behind wars and torture. And a a woman who's you know, unless she's been completely subject, like completely brainwashed into the patriarchy, a woman cannot do this. A woman gives life. Women has given life to boys and girls. It cannot actually torture other people. And, and, and it was like, okay, I am not negotiating with that. I am not negotiating. Like, I, I'm not going to ask them how they're doing. I, mm. I, I cannot. I'm betraying every woman and child and, and, you know, and men who have ever been tortured who have ever been killed, who have ever been, you know, subject to wars.
And I, I noticed that, I mean, really it's worth, you know, in terms of the study group and in the experiments that we do, like I encourage you to notice what's the sentence. Like what's the sentence that triggers your trying, okay, I have to make, I have to make it okay for men. And to write down really each of these sentences, which is, and it will be linked to fear. It's an emotional fear. It could also be guilt. It could also be shame. Um, you know, doubt is fear, emotional fear. And, 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 and you get it. That's, that's the part where if you listen to that voice, you're willing to give up your integrity. Like you're, you're willing to give up your dignity. And so they're worth no, like knowing about them, like knowing that inner, where's the edge, like what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And to keep moving that edge further and further as a way to actually experience, you know, I don't know. It's like experience the possibility, like experience what is really possible. Like what, and to say, yeah. And to say, I'm, I'm holding space for that. And a trap I, I tapped when I hear that the first time when, when I read the article was this perfectionism or that I just can do that by being perfect and this great pressure and all the both things it's patriarchal also. And the distinction I found really valuable and I'm experimenting with it is about the commitment that is really different than pressure and, and perfectionism. When you are committing with it, that, that, like when I am committing that this is what I want and this is the place where I'm going, this is what my heart truly wants to create. I'm committing to it. And and it's coming from inside. And this is something I experienced in the lab that was the first time that was not something coming from the pressure of the outside, but something that is like a seed blowing. And, and it's this commitment of this inside of ourselves we have that part that we know what is possible we can uh, at least i i can see i can i can see the being through i can taste i can see the colors i i i i, I did know inside of me what is possible and and it's committing to it it's not about fighting or, or waiting to when you are perfect then you can make such an offer of your being but it's 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 starting from that place of of commitment with your heart and and being with it and what i'm experiencing since the lab is that the creation or the offers is coming from unpredictable and chaotic place and after i do it i'm like what i'm doing i'm i'm getting surprised with myself with, with the the unpredictable um, unpredictable. Yeah, the unpredictable is. I think there's a few women who have something cooking. Can you open the, the lid? We can all smell what's cooking.
Well, what what's alive for me is that I know from my last long term relationship, I was I was in I was thinking that if if like I I noticed that I had a lot of anger that didn't have directly to do with him, but it it was pulling in my anger about the patriarchy, and this was coming coming into the intimate space, and I put this pressure on me to to stop that war, to stop war between men and women. And I thought that was, was, was pointing towards archiarchy. And, and now, like with, with what you were saying, and Chloe about like men are the ones who do all the wars, men are the ones who torture. It's, it's just. <laughs> How how could I ever relate to a man again? Like that's that's what I'm cooking in my pot right now. It's like why would I? I I can't say more at the moment. It's just with this. I'm just questioning this thing of yeah. I I was working towards ending that war, and I think maybe that's not not my job anymore. It's not about trying to end the war it's about what do i want mm-hmm. and more pointing there and I, I think that that's really a key it's like what do i want and you know i'm i, I was trained as a lawyer and so the the devil's you know the devil is in the details it's like how does that you know we're laying out context this is about context and it brings up all these questions but it's like, how does it actually work if I am going to say hello to the baker? You know, how does it actually work? And it's a, I was having a conversation with a woman just before and she read the article and she said, I get, I, you know, I get this. And I, and so I say what I want, you know, if you're going to relate to me, this is going to be here. And then, but I want to know what he wants. And I'm like, Why? That's it. Like that's when you've lost, you've lost the the plot. Because there, what what can he say? What can he? You're gonna say no to each of his offers. You will say no, and and so why even ask? You know, it's like it's in a way it's a trap. It's a trap for him. So that so that he's gonna fail. You know, it's a setup for for failure. Instead of saying. I'm making the offers. I'm making the offers. And 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 the only place we get to meet is where you say yes. You know, we you know, yes not with a word, but yes as scared shit, you know, shit scared I am accepting your offer and let's go. So not just a verbal yes. And mm, you know, it's a liquid state that I haven't really been through like so shockingly because, in my experience, basically Clinton was holding space for me to say what I want, and he would say yes to any of my offers, except if it was gremlin. And and that was in in for even in a health space where a man would be willing to wait 
like really wait. And I think I shared that story. If you really wait on a bench, 45 minutes would not move until I said what I wanted, you know, and it's just like, stand up, let's go to the left. You know, it's not like the big plan. It's just right now, like three seconds, a breath. What do I want right now? We wouldn't move. And even that there was so much resistance in me. And in a way, I also didn't have the context. I didn't have, I didn't have a woman's circle like to share, you know, to have the, the explosion come through of being like, I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to just do what I want. I'm just going to do what I want. Can I do, you know, can I do that? And, and always this, for me, it was always this checking up. Are you okay with this? You know, does it work for you? Until I, until I got it, it's like enough of this, enough, you know, and that's this, the, all these places of it's over. It's over to, you know, the checking all the time. Mm. But in, in whatever, there's blocks, we have blocks, we have, um, we have energetic blocks, we have stories, we have thought where, you know, and that we all, we know that, we know that and we know how to handle it. And that's the amazing part about our, the community here is that all these blocks, we can handle this. If we are set up in a culture that it's like, it's worth it to remove the blocks. And I mean, for me, it's like part, partly what I'm researching is researching in, in, in action of culture has just so much power over our behaviors. Culture is an immense morphogenetic field. It has so much power about how what's possible and and it's like if i you know if a woman is still in the patriarchy like one woman said i notice i have so much revenge against men and i want to heal this i want to i want to just get rid of my revenge like my my hatred and i said let me think about it you know that was a couple months a few months ago beginning of this year and the result that came is if this woman is still in the patriarchy I don't want to take her revenge away from her because what is she going to be left with? What is she, what, what is she going to be left with to protect herself? It's like, she, that's what she needs. She needs that buffer. And so removing, you know, removing the wars, removing the revenge, removing the resentment, still being in the patriarchy is like a betrayal of women. It's like, it's like we're weaponless. Because what else do we have? Nothing. We have nothing else. Okay, so the in, the interesting part is we move into a different culture. We source that different culture. And then in that, pretty quickly, I would think those things fall off. It's like the orientation is what you're saying is, is towards something else. It's, okay, I don't have to protect myself because I'm sourcing this culture. You know, and so in the women's lab, we did self-defense, you know, you know, to that degree of like, I can protect myself and women were going for it. I was, there was this woman, uh, Daniela from Brazil. We should have filmed it. Like she was just like, every time she would go, we would all be like, yes, you know, and in, in Brazil, I, we, I asked around, you know, 27 women, how many women, how many women have been touched inappropriately, you know, not in their home outside on the street by strangers. 85% of the women had a, a bad encounters. 
on the street with strangers. About half of them, no, there was five or six of them with knives. Knives, you know, one of them with a gun. And so, okay, so we were not, you know, doing self-defense even for knives or even for gun, but it's possible. It's like there is trainings for that. But just self-defense of, you know, my space. My Don't touch me, you know, don't don't get in my space. So that level of I can take care of myself, that level, even at the physical, you know, with physical domain, in the physical domain, and and the truth is, if a woman is carrying herself like that, mostly not much will happen to her anyway. Men will choose just different different people. So that that's the point. The point is not to go, you know, really what the, the self-defense that we learn with Vera is create enough damage so you can run. Run and be safe. That's all we need. Damage and then run and be safe. And so it was just... Yeah, it was that was fabulous. I would like to share. Um, I can you say your name so we all get. Veronica. Veronica. I have this raised anger raising up in me while doing this call, and I think I had this anger also the first time I read the article, which is, um, it feels to me like. We are not the one who messed up. And right now we are taking responsibility to clean up. That's how, how it feels to me, right? Like those men did all, all this shit out there, right? For years and years. And they are not taking any responsibility for it. And it's us who were suffering all these years. And right now we need to source something else. And there's a part of me, I think, connected also to all this, like all traumas of whole expense for men, who, you know, cooking for men all the time, you know, providing. And that that's like, I think I'm angry because we're going to create something else you know, like, like something about the responsibility part that's like, that's pissing me off. I don't know exactly. Like, I, I feel like it's us again who need to fix things. That's, that's, that's the anger I have about this. Yeah. And, uh... and I, I'd like to say something to that, which is, I don't think that it is about cleaning up. Because cleaning up would then be repair. You cannot repair the patriarchy. It is functioning perfectly. It is doing exactly what patriarchy does, converting nature to profit. It's it's doing exactly what it does. Bullets have a shelf life. If you do not <laughs> bullets and you do not shoot them, they will go bad and you will lose profit. Patriarchy needs war. Corporations need war to keep their products moving and fresh. So what you're doing is not repair. Mm -hmm. What you are doing is creating archaearchy. It's a completely different endeavor and it has a different reward. So when you start getting the, the ecstasy and the power and the joy of creating whole new context and moving in there and never coming back, you, that question will be out of your mind, I think. The the other thing I I got really recently is, God, women, we have all this training in holding space. We have just, you know, years and generations of training in holding space. 
and immense skills, we were just holding space for something that we didn't source. <clears throat> and, and so it's like, okay, we, that was, we have, we have, we have skills. And, and, and for me, that was like, yay. Like the, we don't, there's so much skill that we don't need to, to practice. We just need to shift the purpose, move the purpose. And a really great place to start sourcing this is with your Rage Club participants mm -hmm. from the very beginning. And not just being about uh, working with that anger. I'm, and I'm talking about women participants in this case, but really to really start speaking to the, their space holding skills. And, and if, if you start scanning, each one of them will have a particular neck, this, this flavor of space holding and start speaking into that and, and working with it in, with the skills in a way that as at the same time they are working with their anger, they are also unfolding these skills of space holding and this is really empowering and then they and women start getting together in empowering each other through their space holding skills as they are working with their anger and not like okay i have to do these many rage clubs in order to get to this place and then do fear club and then do gremlin transformation they already are we already are so from the very beginning, speak into that and empower them to use that. And they they are already space holders. I'm getting Patricia, Rita, and Alice, anything from from you I'm in this process of setting my boundaries and keeping the consequences and what I can say about is what already Gabriela said is what keeps me in reality and what keeps me empowered and clear is really this safety net of women, be it physically or be it energetically. And still all the work we have done in the women's lab and or just by calling up a woman and saying, can you hold space for me? And I'm on the edge with, I am with my anger, I am with my fear. And then when I speak to my partner or man or men in public when they're invading my space. And I, I want to say no so that I'm not taking revenge on them, but that I am in the responsibility of basically capitating my space. And I'm, I'm getting angry and I'm getting loud. And I bring this to, to listening spaces because I'm still in this, am I too loud? Am I asking too loud and too messy and too alive for, will you back off? Yeah, 
this is this is my edge and i i for now i bring this to to safe listening spaces also with nicole or with other women where i can rage and where i can say how how angry i've been where i can raise my voice yeah because for now like i i received the feedback oh alice you're too loud this is your gremlin like where i receive un unasked like yeah unsolicited proposals unasked feedback and where i i notice how i how i myself still try to behave yeah this is my edge and it's really the woman's net and the, the opening up to women like of what's really going on this and my rage is the lifesaver and the and the turning point thank you alice thank you thank you thank, thank you, you. I, and I, I i want to emphasize again what you just said alice about getting this reality check and it's about this getting back the compass actually realign in our being and in reality and like what is really you know what is and what's needed and what and so mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's really about it's like there's this line and we're trying to find you know there's this line of appropriateness and yeah and the way that we try to do it is like, oh, I'm just going to try to hit hit the line. I'm going to find the line. And I'm going to be perfectly at the line. But it, it doesn't work like that. It's like we actually have to go over the line and 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 way over the line. Because I, I think also that we think the line is here. And so we think we go over the line, but it's not. That's not the real line. And I think that's really this checking, this reality check with other women is where's the line? Where is really the line? And Am I really above? You're not above. Keep going. Okay, now you're above, but stay above. Stay above to stretch, you know, stretch that option for a while. You know, until you 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 need to move on to another line to keep going above. And I think for a while that's that's our work as women is to keep finding these lines that we've played way down here and to keep crossing just cross the line. Keep crossing the line to 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 really have reality. I I just want to throw in for any woman who hasn't seen it yet to really watch She Said, this movie about this Hollywood guy who was like systematically abusing the women who were working for him. And it's like this painful two-hour um, experience of how they're constantly under the line. None of them is, is speaking out and, and it's, it's so enraging and it's, I, I could, I had this huge wave of feeling my fear and my anger at the same time after watching it with, with noticing how many times women are just constantly under the line. And it's exactly what, what is the outcome is that the line is not, it's, it's not clear. The boundary is not clear. She's not speaking up for herself. Yes. And I, I want to add that I had this experience where I asked the woman like, Oh, I, I noticed I'm, I'm on, on the edge of, I want to control. I want to control men. Okay. Will, will you hold space for me? I want to, I want to find out what's really going on. And she, she had a, she had a no. She, she didn't have the time. And the only thing she wrote to me was like, whatever is going on, keep observing yourself and just not the possibility that you lose your dignity and and just the sentences like just a woman writing to me 
whatever. I don't have time right now, but whatever happens, no possibility you lose your dignity. And this was, yeah, I, I bring this into the space because sometimes it's just this. For me in this situation, it was just this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chloe brought something during the lab, a, a sentence that it really got, stayed with me, which is, we live in a village. And this was about my strategy of having secrets. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that one of the ways for abuse to continue is for women to not talk with each other and not being part of a village. So when you start getting together and creating clusters of women, the word starts getting around and you start getting reality checks. The feedback does not come from men. It comes from women. And the more you create these clusters and then this another cluster gets close to to this one and then another one, they start communicating. This creates a village of women. And you start getting the reality checks and the feedback and the coaching that you actually need to go over the line. And and it's really about speaking up and what you just shared, Alice. It's it's the example of that. Mm-hmm. Asking for listening spaces. This is happening. I did this. Give me a reality check. Mm-hmm. And really build this network of communication between women. Don't keep it secret. That's how the, the network of this coziness I was speaking about this clue fades away because you you are keeping it to yourself and so the abuse keeps on going and you keep on going under the line yeah that's that's exactly also the dynamic that of of the film that like these two female journalists they were just really trying to get just one woman to speak out in the article and have her name put there. And they were all shying away because there was so much fear. And then when once one woman started and spoke out, then that they, there was this whole, you know, wave of 80 women finally saying, yes, I, I was also like, this also happened to me. So I think it's really also about this, this going first, Alice. And when, if, if you're the one who, who is going first and setting the new line of how how fierce you can speak up for what you want and what you don't tolerate you're you're going first for the other women too yes thank you and um i'm listening to you and bringing the the word uh, men and um and what i am the space that i am right now is that like this word is not on my vocabulary. Like I'm really, for some months ago, I said no to a relationship that was really not the game that I want to play. And, and then, and then I started that whole journey inside of me. And I am exploring this space with other women. So I'm noticing, okay, so today I want. Yes, I want to touch. I want to be close. I want, yes, I want to hold in space. And then I ask for, 
and then you know each day noticing what I have inside and then like bringing the questions and my needs to women and then in these spaces I have been like noticing and experiencing this everything and then and then not knowing what is next but keeping like this research and like men are not in the menu so I, I noticed like a huge amount of energy and this like this cleansing and, uh, and now what I see okay I have all this energy and like day by day or minute by minute I, I ask myself what I'm doing with this energy thank you Patricia thank you thank you I heard in the lab and it was a question that it's been with me is that where have I lost my dignity in relationships and um, and it, it was Sunday, it was Monday and I, I kept that question with me and it's uh, for me it's about my voice so I was not saying what I wanted and how I wanted. And when I started doing it and experimenting now, sometimes it's just a feeling, it's just a sense. And the other side, the man just tries to uh, bring it to the, uh, to the mental, to the intellectual side. And, and keeping my dignity with a no or whatever is alive in that moment, even if, if I cannot explain. Um, and, it's, uh, and it's difficult not to go um, towards the expectation as I used to do it. But that question is uh, it's in me. Where am I losing my dignity? Thank you. Thank you, Rita. And I want to share just one one more thing is that I that for me when I was listening about going above the line and and to really do that in the relationship in the daily life with with Wojtek and also with other men is the only way how I can do it is to really be completely messy and completely alive and completely wild so that any strategies or patterns of how I should behave or even like should means like in the adult way cannot happen. So I have to act faster than I think because when I start to think of how I want to do it or what I want to do it, then I'm already lost and I already start to self-doubt myself and it's gone and my dignity is already gone. So so when I'm listening to you, it's about, for me, about really allowing myself to 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 do the mess and to make a failure and and to learn from that like where is this line because otherwise i will never have a courage to cross it thank you thank you and i think the line is is also you know between between women there's many lines it's not just in in relating to men 
I have this proposal for this experiment. We have just about three minutes left. This experiment this week is for the women, find your cluster, like find your net. Find your net of women that you know you can call, you can call for a listening space, you can send a message. <laughs> Clusters have already been formed. <laughs> on screen. On screen. And and it can be, you know, it can be a moving, it could be a moving net. But and but in the same time, like make it formal. Make it formal that this is this is what we can do with each other. Also, like Sonia, you were saying, so that it doesn't get diluted back into like we're moving our attention back into the patriarchy and have no time for the class, like for the net. Like it's so easy to just, you know, I have to do, I'm busy, I have kids, I have work, I have money. Like all this stuff is so irrelevant when there's the net and, and to, to build a net and to and find a way to feed it, to, to move, to keep moving. Any, any, anything else? Any last words? Clinton? For me, this has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing what you said. I have one thing for Nicole, which is I'm wondering why the other women in the Magic Cow Bridge House are not here and that it would be worth listening to this recording again if you're going to start a week. And I don't need justification or reasons, but I was definitely missing them. I have that on my list. Send them to listen to this. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We start. You. And maybe next week we get to read a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that if we read it somewhere else and you bring it down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Ingrid. Bye. 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 Ciao. Bye. Eva 